We have a baptism today. The baptism of Willow June McDonald is preceded by the scriptures, which Katie Shirky Aguaya will be reading. And it precedes the homily. So in between the scriptures and the homily will be Willow's baptism. And the, the homily is called Baptized for Life. I know you have read that already. I apologize. And the scriptures are from the Revelation to John, chapter 21, the book of the Acts of the Apostles, some verses from chapter 2, and John 13, verses 31 to 35. I will be touching on each of those scriptures as I talk about being baptized for life. And I like this sermon. I don't say that about a lot of mine, but having just practiced it, I kind of enjoy it. And I hope you do too. Before going further, please join me in the spirit of prayer. Mysterious and loving God, as the waters of baptism cleanse us of sin and cleanse our heart and soul by your grace, and when we receive it by faith, may your spiritual water wash over us as we listen that we may be blessed, that we may be cleaned in some way that you need us to be, so that we may better serve you and those who count on us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our first reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 32 and 33, then 36 through 42. It was chosen with an eye to our baptism this morning. It is the day of Pentecost. Simon Peter has been preaching to the crowd in Jerusalem and concludes with the resurrections. That is where the passage picks up. Peter preached, This Jesus God raised up, and of that all of us are witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you, you both see and hear. Therefore, let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our, our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day, about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the, to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. This ends the reading from Acts. In a break from tradition, we have a second New Testament reading, this one from the lectionary. It's from the book of the Revelation to John. This chapter 21, verses 1 through 6. After the final judgment, sometimes called the Great White Throne Judgment, 
John sees a new vision of the new Jerusalem and the renewal of creation. John wrote, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. God will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. This ends the reading from Revelation. This morning, the Gospel lesson comes from John, some familiar words we most often hear on Monday Thursday. It's chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. Hours before his arrest, Jesus has been at table with the disciples, washed their feet, and Judas Iscariot has left. Our reading picks up there. When Judas had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I love you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Here ends the reading of John in our scriptures for this morning. May the God who is light and shines the light on us through these words shine through us as we seek to live them out. Shauna, weren't you just in Hawaii? And now you're here. <laughs> Your arms must be tired. Back in 1990, Beth and I went to Bloomington, Indiana for a United Church of Christ gathering called Faith Works. The keynote preacher at the opening worship was the late, great Reverend Dr. Reuben Shears. He preached on the whole theme of the gathering, Faith Works. Faith Works. But as he readily reminded us that night, it's not just, not just any kind of faith. No, there was some specificity needed for faith to work. Here in this house of God, built by faith and works like hand in glove, God has, through the sacrament of baptism, brought Willow into life, baptized her into life. And not just any kind of life. No, she's been baptized for life, and a very tremendous kind of life it is. Now, this is a full service this morning, so I'm going to be as concise as I can, and my former confirmation students here, which include Mandy 
and Shauna and others, um, they know how just how hard that is for me to do, to be concise. So I'll do my best. What kind of life has God and us baptized Willow into? Well, she's been baptized for a life of positive values. I do not mean this lightly. In Acts chapter 2, while Peter was calling for the folks to turn away from their old worldly ways and be baptized, he exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. She's been baptized for life. A life that says no to corruption, dishonesty, apathy, and greed, which you and I can find in any generation. She's been baptized for a life of integrity. Standing up for what's right, for people being treated fairly, and, if they're vulnerable, not being kicked to the curb, victimized, dehumanized, or exploited for profit. She's been baptized for life. A life that turns away from corruption and all that corrodes the human soul and society. Now, Willow, you do not know it yet, but you have also been baptized for life a life of forgiveness. A life of forgiveness that's not based on who you are, but on who God is. In the same address, Peter proclaimed, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins might be forgiven. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, And for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. Baptized into life. A life of being forgiven by God when we return to God. As we all drift away or run away. And by grace find our way back to the open welcoming arms of Jesus. Without God's forgiveness, what do you and I have? when it's all over and we're facing the big sleep. Without God's forgiveness, which we find in Jesus crucified and resurrected, how would we know the depth of God's love? Without God's forgiveness, how do you and I, in spiritual malaise or regression, get out of the rut or ditch that we might find ourselves in and ask God confidently but humbly to lift us out? Because we know there is forgiveness. Willow has been baptized for life. A life of being forgiven by God in Jesus' name. She has also then been baptized for a life of forgiving others. How can you and I withhold forgiveness long from someone when God has wiped all of our blots, deeper than anyone but God and we know, clean away? Jesus himself taught, if you do not forgive others, Neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And this is in the gospel context of us having been forgiven freely first. To be able to forgive, having been forgiven, is not always easy. There are some things that folks have gone through that I cannot imagine the pain that they've experienced, the trauma that they carry. It can be the work of a lifetime amid constant calls for help from Christ himself, And that's okay, we should ask for help. It is divine nature to forgive, not so much human. 
And Willow has been baptized for such life. Life in a divine nature by God's grace through faith. She's been baptized for life. She's been baptized for life, a life of agape love. I don't know about when I had Mandy in confirmation, but I know for sure for Dylan and Haley, I'm pretty sure. In the past years, one of the exam questions my students got asked for the final, it was exam Sunday, man, up in the balcony or in this office, and I would ask, what is the new commandment that Jesus gave to his disciples? And we heard the answer when Katie read the words of Jesus. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Even as I, just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, by the love that you have for one another. And you know what the Greek word for love is here. Agape. Agape love. The love that looks out for the good of the beloved first, even if it means self-denial or sacrifice or humble service. This was said by Jesus, after all, who had recently washed the disciples' feet, including those of Judas Iscariot. And it was said by Jesus, who later, after giving the commandment, would himself show his agape love for the world to the end. He said, I've given you an example. That was earlier in John 13. He said, if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you disciples, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Servant agape love for one another. That's a way of life for the Christian when the spirit is strong within us and when not. Willow has been baptized for life. A life of love for one another. Grounded in the love she comes to know in Jesus. This is not just any kind of life. On top of that, You might have noticed or just know that Jesus was not talking to only Simon Peter or to Andrew or to John, but the whole group of disciples. They were all there but Judas, a community. The love is to be embodied in a community, a family community, a church community. But every community too, I think, I would hope, wherever Christians abide, the love does not have to be returned or even appreciated but it is ours to give because we've already received it ourselves. So this baptism is not only for life with agape love, it is also a baptism for life with agape love in community. The church she grows up in will fulfill the promise this church made today on its behalf. The community of agape love she's baptized for, for life, is meant to provide spiritual support and nurture with Sunday school and, if possible, more. This is how communities of faith make good on their vows to support the parents in the fulfillment of their vows. Willow is baptized for life with them, wherever she goes in life, hopefully seeking fellow servants of grace. Life of values which resist corruption, dishonesty, bullying, self-centeredness, etc. Life of forgiveness from the Lord, and from this a life of forgiving. A life of love uncommon, which is considerate, patient, walking a mile in the moccasins of another to know what their life is like, and being willing to serve others in need.
love like Jesus loves and in community. No one is meant to walk this journey of Christian discipleship alone. Communities of faith, as I've preached before, provide a place of prayerful support, voices of wisdom from our mentors and elders, and it might be during a time when we might find it hard to forgive someone or love someone or resist the temptation to choose the lesser of two apparent goods. So that's a little recap. I'm nearing the end. Baptized for a life also includes being baptized for eternal life. I think this aspect of the faith sometimes gets derided or some members of the larger Christian family seem to think that that's all that matters and not how we live in the here and now, too. It is a call to humility. I remember well that Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Yet it is a promise by God, hinted at in Job and the 23rd Psalm, promised by Jesus in John 14, and made explicit in other writings after the resurrection. Life is short. What follows afterwards is much, much longer without end. Willow was baptized for life, a life that does not end when she breathes her last but which through the power and the grace of God is everlasting. Everlasting in the presence of God and God's people. The communion of saints, as it's called in the Apostles' Creed. And this promise shouldn't be given short shrift, even though we don't hear about it every Sunday. And the mainline Protestant church generally emphasizes living the gospel in the here and now. But it is a font of comfort for those who know and accept the deep, deep love of Jesus. And because of that, have sought to do that will of God. She is baptized for life, and not just any kind of life. See, the home of God is among mortals. God will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear away from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, says the one who is the beginning and the end. Based on this life of everlasting life, there are lots of things you, I, and Willow do not have to fear. By such a faith and love, we can act boldly and unconventionally for love for fairness, for the health of the planet, as a way to love our neighbors and our enemies, and more. We can, and she, when older, can resist corruption, bring healing to the sick, food to the hungry, frustrating those who like to be selfish and wicked, knowing that in the end, in the words of St. Julian of Norwich, all will be well, and all manner of things will be well in the life everlasting. She's been baptized for life. Life on, a, life, life on a lot of different levels. And here's the thing. None of this is forced on her. Baptism is not magic. God is surely at work making promises here and now. But like our stained glass window over here shows, 
Jesus stands at the door and knocks. He knocks. With your help and prayers, Willow herself is to be the one on the inside of that door to open the door to the life for which, for whom, she's been baptized. We all have sacred work to do. And that's good news, because she's been baptized for life. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Red-Headed Preacher Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message as much as I enjoyed preaching it. And may God bless your week. Until next time you tune in, God bless. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to the Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much.